Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number five of the Bull Monty podcast. Yes, believe it or not, we've made it to number five. Tonight is a different episode uh, to usual. We have a special guest. His name is Ian Horswell, the Bull, the Jersey Bulls, not the Bull Monty, the Jersey Bulls uh, club director. Uh, we're going to be uh, giving a few questions, firing a few questions over to him this evening um, and getting a bit of inside gossip. Tonight, you've got myself, Reese, and Ben, uh, but however, we are missing someone. Yeah, the um, we're C- CVs, uh, we're, we're, we're open for CVs. Uh, the application process is now on the way. Uh, no, <laughs> it all seriously, uh, Kyle did put another sick note in. I mean, he's already got another nickname, but um, Kyle, in, in all fairness, it is his birthday, so we are going to allow him to to sort of knock knock this one on the head but um but yeah in all seriousness if you if you want to send your cv in <laughs> there could be a vacancy yeah and def- definitely stick around because this, this is set to be a really good episode yeah absolutely ian is ian is completely passionate like everyone is who's involved in the club and we're very lucky to to get this interview uh, in the bag as our first one so um go on give it a listen So here we go. We have our very first interview here on the Bull Monty, and we're going, we're going high. We're going to towards the top. We have we're very lucky this evening to be joined by Ian Horswell, the director of the Jersey Bulls. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Ben. Good evening, Reese. How are you doing? We are marvelous, and we're delighted to to have you uh, with us with us this evening. I think Reese is uh, Reese is actually it believes there's actually more than one Jerseyman in the world. that's absolute pleasure to 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 join you guys and uh you know i think it's great what you are doing for the club and uh yeah i'm absolutely honored to be your first guest brilliant superb so in the whole i think the whole point of this as well we want to to get to know you know the the back you know the the team the 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 coaching staff the back you know the, the backroom staff as well just kind of you know how they tick and they're kind of their bulls journey as well so i think what we want to do is actually is we want to kick things off you know how did your what was your footballing background how did it all start um for you um okay so footballing background for me um i started uh i got into coaching and management at 19 um and I started taking my coaching badges um, around that sort of time. Um, and then I ended up uh, managing one of the local uh, Jersey teams, uh, Grooville. And I managed them for, for about 10 years. Um, and one of the my key players uh, through that period was Russell the Fever, the club's club's chairman. Um, and then away from away from the football club, I also set up a football academy for for youngsters at primary school age. And um, that sort of uh, peak, there was about 225 kids a week coming to the football school. So very much in the coaching and, and management um, sort of area. I've done an awful lot of sort of sports administration as well from running uh, various leagues and, and again, sort of uh, managing the, the Jersey squash team in the, uh, the the Commonwealth Games. So lots of the sort of behind the scenes management stuff. And then um, just when I'd been out of things for, for about, I don't know, 
uh, half a dozen years or so, Russell Russell came to me with his uh, his brainwave of launching a Jersey football team to play in the English Football League pyramid. Um, so of course that got me super excited and. Uh, and here we are today. So um, there was an awful lot of work behind the scenes to to obviously get the football club up and running. Um, a lot of lot of lot of logistical issues, um, and then also a lot of financial issues, which um, you know, as a team and as a as a football club, we've managed to overcome them. Um, and and here we are now. Yes, yeah, it seems like it's only uh, I suppose two and a bit years ago since it went public, um, the, the Jersey Bulls journey, but. I mean, what was it like starting from a blank piece of paper? You know, what were the first things you really had to, to get stuck into? Yeah, so um, the first things were, were really how, how we can generate sufficient revenue um, to make the football club sustainable. So we broke down the, the, the sort of revenue streams into four key categories. So category one was sponsorship. Category two was gate receipts from our home games at Springfield. Category three was merchandise and category four was um, fundraising. So um, in terms of sponsorship, we then took each item of sponsorship um, in its own merits and we looked at, you know, what what we could have. And, you know, we went from the platinum uh, package that CPA Global um, kindly supported. And, and, you know, certainly without those guys' help that we we certainly wouldn't have launched our football club. Um, so we'll always be internally grateful to CPA for that. Um, we then had like a tiered system underneath. So uh, we, we, we didn't have a gold sponsor when we kicked off the season. Um, since then, Butterfield Bank have come in and uh, they signed a four-year deal with us, which is fantastic. And again, our sleeve sponsor, our silver sponsor, the powerhouse. So getting all these sort of key key sponsors was important for the shirt because then we could obviously get the, the shirt to print and then that that then brought in the merchandise um, angle. And again, like we needed to, to sell. So how are we going to sell? So we needed a website. And again, we digital came on board as our sort of uh, uh, digital partner there. And then the website started getting built. And again, I've got no experience of retail. So again, just sort of uh, thrown in at the deep end, well, how much stock do you need? And, um, you know, again, what, what size kits do the players need? And, you know, especially when you've bought uh, or, or partnered with a team or a company such as Kappa, uh, obviously Italian uh, tight, snug fit design, um, daft things happen like, OK, well, what size does the number two need or what, what size should the three, four or five be? Um and again, you're like, well, you can't pick a shirt to to find out if Jack Griffin or Adam Trotter's wearing it when it might be someone, you know, a foot shorter. And it's just like you just don't even think about these things at the start. So I tried to palm them off to management. But again, we obviously needed to uh, to bring in a manager. And uh, behind the scenes, obviously, we had a uh, application uh, process to bring in bring in a manager. We had you know, a fantastic response to that. And it was quite funny. We were having applications from, from all around the globe. Um, and uh, obviously we had interviews with with some of the candidates uh, here in Jersey. And, and, you know, Gary was our sort of standout um, choice, um, you know, top, top guy and had some great sort of ideas and, and, and plays football the right way. So, uh, so then, Little by little, the, the the club started to grow. As I say, with sponsors coming on board, the manager coming on board, um, the Gary would then be out there approaching players. The players then that led to another sort of revenue stream in terms of player sponsorship. So then that sort of cast the net a bit wider. Um, 
again in the in the in the, the good old days before covid came along we had match day hospitality as well so um you know we played uh, stevenage in the inaugural fixture back in july last year um and we had eight tables of 10 at springfield stadium having like you know three course lunch before the game and um dignitaries for that and uh, you know just 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 special times really um so all these sort of things sort of started opening up and it was effectively we're running a professional football club but on a voluntary basis with every single person within the football club are, are amateurs. So, um, and, and you know, the club's just evolved from there, really. We've got so many different facets and, and, and groups and people, you know, working in, in certain areas to, to try and make the club look as professional as possible. Yeah, that's definitely it. Because one thing, you know, the, the, the brand is so important because this is for the long term. It's not obviously just as a, a one-off event. This is something which is going to hopefully last for years and years to, to come. Um, but you, you mentioned that Gary was very crucial in, in the in the whole plans and arrangements. What's what stood out for him in terms of the, you know, said so you had applicants from all over the world. I believe reading Iceland somewhere uh, or around Europe. But um, what was it that st- you know made Gary stand out and and bring him to basically lead the first ever team out? Yeah, no, it's it's, it's a really good question, and and you're right on the sort of geograph- uh, geographic um, locations of the applicants, and even we had a manager that had managed in the championship in England. So that was the sort of, you know, um, the, the, the quality and the calibre of the people who were applying. Uh, we always said we'd go local. Um, we were never going to bring someone in. As I said a, a, earlier, it's a voluntary position. Not um, even if Pep applied? <laughs> Not even if Pep applied, please. Um, so, um, so basically, um, you know, what, what, what stood out for Gary? Not only did he give us a coaching CV, but also he, he gave us a, a presentation on his philosophy. Um, and, and we really enjoyed reading that and um, had nothing to do with him being a fellow Liverpool supporter. But again, he had these great, you know, the great ideas about how the team should play. And, and um, you know, it certainly wasn't anti-football. So, um, again, in the interview, Gary came across really well. Um, you know, we, we were you know, obviously uh, trying to outline that it's going to be a difficult char- uh, task. And in terms of logistics, we've never done this before. No one's done this before in Jersey. Um, but I just didn't quite think the logistics would be quite as tough as what the proofs at the start of this season. I think um, I think the, the hard work, you know, I think will always be there. But I think certainly at the start there to get the, the project up and running. But certainly from a from a, a passionate sort of Islanders and that, a fan's point of view, to kind of see the the fact that Springfield would be used, you know, Gary was kind of recruited. And then when the kit came out, I think a lot of people got excited, not just locally, but, you know, this is effectively, a you know, a, a step six in, in the non-league, but tier 10, you know, when you look at the the, big, the bigger kind of picture. And the kit and the, the quality of the product looked absolutely superb and on the money. Did you think at the time it was going to, you were really onto something special here before you'd actually even kicked the ball? Um... <laughs> No, I think I think the first time that I felt that it was super special was was when that first whistle went against Stevenage. Um, Russell and I sat down next to the the sort of CEO of Stevenage FC, and we just sort of just I I just sort of thought in my mind, flipping heck, we've 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 done it, we've we've kicked off, and uh, looked around, and there was like seven hundred and I don't know forty fifty people in the stadium, and um, that was a special moment, and then you know, scoring after like 12 minutes or something. And I thought that's not supposed to be in the script. And, uh, 
you know, Fraser Fraser scored and, uh, you know, the, the whole crowd went crazy. And, and that whole day was just amazing. You know, the Stevenage fans were exceptional. I think there's probably 60, 70 of them that travel over uh, to Jersey. They had a, an amazing weekend. It was like, you know, the first week of July, the weather was exceptional. Um, they were singing all the time. And, um, you know, I think they equalised with a, with a bit of a dodgy penalty just before half time. Uh, and then the second half, their CEO said, oh, we're bringing on the... Uh, the a-listers now so i thought oh gosh here we go we've scored a goal and then all of a sudden we popped up and scored the first uh lawn bickley who's now with kettering um he, he he scored and we thought this is definitely not in the script what's going on and then uh the longer the game went on that we, we we thought we might have uh you know at least at least got the draw but uh special special day and uh you know that was the first time we thought wow this this is amazing and and obviously for the club such an team but personally for you what what did that day mean well, I think um, you're so busy on on home match days. Um, it, it's it's quite hard to to put into sort of words what 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 kind of stuff you do on match day. And again, being a, an islander, you know what it's like, Ben. You you know an awful lot of people. So again, a lot of people come on to come and say hello to you and and talk to you. And you've probably got like fifty different jobs to do from when you get to Springfield, maybe three hours before kickoff to you know an hour an hour and a half after the game. So. Um, yeah, I think got home. Uh, it was a quick shower and change before we went out to, to celebrate. But it was just, uh, you know, pretty draining, um, more more probably emotionally um, that actually the, the day was such a, a terrific success. Um, and as I say, that was the start of, of, of the Bulls journey. And um, it then rolled on to, to Leicester City under 23s. Um, and that was a, a terrific experience. There's just shy of a thousand people at that game. That's our, our club record attendance. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, we played Ash United in our first ever league game. And uh, again, over 900 fans at that. And uh, that's when it started to hit home. You know, we had the uh, the drums and, and, and you know, songs starting to form in the crowd. And uh, yeah, the atmosphere down at Springfield was was brilliant. And it's, you know, they've been trying to improve that um, every, every single game with, with new songs and uh, new fans that are coming along. Long. And that's one of the surprising things have been in 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 sort of uh, uh, the Bulls um, sort of supporters, if you like. Obviously, I'd, I'd managed in the league for, for for ten years, but a lot of people stay loyal to their club. So if you go and watch your whatever team it is, you you'll continue to watch them. So we were getting a brand new breed of supporters coming down to to Springfield. People I'd never seen at local games before, and I think that's that's one of the most exciting things is this new breed of supporters to to follow an island side that can hopefully climb the football league pyramid. Yeah, it was quite special. I remember the I couldn't sadly make those two um, you know, pre-season friendlies, but managed to to get back for that first game. I went with uh, a dad and a few friends, and um, like you said, people who'd never been to the game before, and their eyes were opened, and this was they were hooked. And I think they've been back so many times, so it's nice to see the kind of them go to the games uh, back in Jersey, and I sort of keep up to keep up to speed with what's going on over here. But um, I mean, that game against uh, Ash, the very first the very first game, started something very very special, didn't it? The um, the the invincibles tag soon soon <laughs> shortly followed but um w- i mean that year last year we won't we won't discuss obviously the outcome of the 2019 2020 season because we all know unfortunately that has been confined to the history books but were you surprised with with how well the the, the bulls did in in that opening contest yes i was um you know i think quite a lot of us were were put on the spot certainly gary was um, about you know could they win every single game and 
you know, I, I, I genuinely didn't think it could be possible. And one of the reasons for that was um, the Jersey sort of uh, Football Association's representative side were playing in a cup competition alongside the Bulls games. And, uh, you know, they, they would pick pick the, the first squad, if you like. Um, so a lot of the times we were, we were missing, you know, maybe 11 or 12 players out of our squad. Um so it's almost like we had to find another 11, 12, 14 players to to be in the matchday squad for those games. Now, we had one away to AFC Hayes, uh, which we were 2-0 up. Um, and they pulled a goal back literally in, on 90 minutes. And it was like the Alamo in the last, sort of, well, in stoppage time. And Bradley Rowland was in goal that game. And, and was I remember the match. it well. <laughs> yeah. So I I wasn't there, but I was listening to the excellent Motti's mic uh, on um, on the radio. And uh, yeah, I couldn't sit still. I was pacing around my house um, and, and ever so grateful when that final whistle went. Um, and again, we did exactly the same um, at home to Epsom and Yule. Um, I can't remember, probably about February time. And uh, again, we run out two, two nil winners there. But um, that's that's where I thought we might have become unstuck. Uh, again, there was going to be a backlog of fixtures because we had five matches called off because of uh, waterlogged pitches on the mainland. Um, so, for an example, late April, uh, we were due to play three games in, in, in three consecutive days. Um, despite being promoted, there could have been some sort of, uh, I don't know, um, tiredness factor kicking in there. So that could have prevented, uh, you know, a perfect, a perfect season. Um so, yeah, no, I, the boys um, were exceptional last year. Uh, to do what they did is is absolutely incredible. Uh, that's unprecedented. And, um, yeah, whilst it's uh, been erased, uh, we'll, we'll always remember that. And, uh, you know, some great stories behind there as well. What was it kind of, obviously, you, you're, I suppose, the, one of the linchpins in, in the organisation. Obviously, you're dealing with lots of different facets of, of the uh, of of the club. You know, what what's kind of the, the feedback from the players been like? Obviously, we see him play on the pitch. We see him briefly afterwards. But kind of, you know, what, what's it mean for, for, for those guys, do you think? And also for, for Ireland football? Yeah, I, th- I think one of the big things that hits home and probably answer your question, actually, is is those people that live in the island and saw the back page of yesterday's uh, local paper, the JEP, um, the celebration um, of, of scoring that late goal on Friday night against Fleet Spurs um, pretty much sums it up. Um, you've got the whole entire back four that have got over to the centre forward in super quick time <laughs> to celebrate in this picture of five lads. Um to, to do what they did there, um, they don't want to be drawing games. They don't want to be losing games. And the determination, I watched some of the second half uh, back and, you know, the ball was going out of play. You know, there was certainly no motivation from the home side to go and get the ball. And it was there throwing. Our players were sprinting. I even seen fans. I don't know if you guys were involved in getting well, the ball back. <laughs> funny, obviously, we're recording this um, on Tuesday after the Fleet Spurs game and we've literally just put episode four out but Reese will take a lot of credit for I think once maybe twice actually going to retrieve the ball because I mean here have a listen of that um you'll hear our thoughts on that game but you're absolutely right um they were they're not in any hurry let's just put it that no. way no so that that kind of things you know from supporters and players alike was was incredible but you know going back to the original question um you know, the lads in Jersey have been crying out for this to happen uh, for so, so long. Um, again, when I was when I was managing and coaching in the Jersey Jersey leagues, you know, the players there, um, they, they would have been desperate for this to to have occurred. Now, we know why it's never occurred. Um, we, we found that out two years ago when we tried to get the club set up. And obviously we were successful. 
Um, but you know, it would be very easy to throw throw the towel in during the process because it was difficult. Um, but we're glad we didn't, and uh, we're here now. And uh, you know, again, you see you see players that uh, highly experienced players, and again, they'd be just wishing it was five or ten years ago back in their careers. But uh, it's now here, and uh, the excitement is that you know we 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 generate a lot of exciting talent in the island, um, and and now there's there's something clear to define and and aim for. No, absolutely. I think it's um, it's been like you say, people have been crying out for it, and it's like you said, shame it hasn't been, it wasn't around earlier on. But it, I think, will just part of hopefully a great, you know, something for 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 kids growing up who may go to the game to then take up football, and then that whole cycle of seeing seeing something, idolizing it, and then going back into the grassroots and coming up. Because who knows, in five, ten years time, wherever this club may be, it's you know, it'd be great to kind of rely upon. You know the next kind of the next generation coming through as well, but um, just something you briefly meant, touched upon um, was obviously the the cancellation of uh, of of, of uh, games over here in the UK. So obviously Springfield's uh, blessed; it's 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 an artificial pitch, um, which means you can pretty much play in, in in most weather conditions. But obviously in the UK, you've got a bit of a mix. You've got that, and obviously the traditional grass format. I mean, uh, what we kind of how did the club sort of deal with that? Because a lot of people see our games called off, but what, what are the kind of implications for you on that knock-on effect from game being called off? What does that mean for, for the club and yourself? Yeah, so last year, um, a lot of the times, um, you know, one, one of Jersey's benefits um, is is its connectivity. And, you know, we're, we're well connected with both uh, um, Gatwick, uh, Luton, Southend, Southampton airports. Um, so normally to fly in and out of... Um, the island on a Saturday um, is normally feasible. Um, that's now gone uh, this current season because of COVID. Um, so, so last year, um, you know, we were cancelling a trip. So there wasn't any hotel costs that were lost, um, but we would lose the airfares. Uh, obviously, it's not the airline's fault that, uh, you know, pitch in, in wherever is, is waterlogged. Um, but there's no sort of contingency to move it to a 3G all weather pitch um, because obviously that's that home team's game and, that you know, they would lose gate receipts potentially. Um, they, they'd have to pay to hire a new pitch, which, again, potentially they could have passed on costs to us. I don't know. Um, but again, they're not going to get the bar takings and, and the cafe takings. So, so yeah, it's not in their best interest to do that. We fully, fully understand and respect that. Um, so, so when that happens, we just unfortunately have to uh, uh, not get on the flight and lose the flight costs. Now, all, all we can do is claim back the airport taxes, um, which whilst they're reasonably high, they're not as high as the, the, the airfare. So the club is financially stung. Um, so so that's that's not a great um, outcome for us. But, um, you know, it, that's just part and parcel of, of, of life and, and, and grassroots football. And um, we hope as we sort of and we hope to grow, uh, go through the divisions. Um, ultimately, the pitches get better and, uh, you know, uh, cancellations are less. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see see what that's like. But, you know, last year, what we did to, to mitigate the, the financial uh, losses was to basically double up on weekends. So uh, certainly in April, we were playing uh, three games in three days and, and two games in two days twice uh, just to catch up the game. So that was only one single airfare that we're having to play per person. Admittedly, there was just a few uh, uh, additional costs in hotels, but um, it, it made sure the losses weren't as high as what they, they could have been. Yeah, because that's the thing, and that's what um, a lot of people don't don't probably fully appreciate is that you know people see the word jersey and probably think of conjure up all sorts of images when it comes to that. Um, I've heard a lot of them from fellow spectators uh, against mm-hmm. the opposition, and I'm sure the players 
have also heard um sort of you know kind of remarks there isn't there isn't a massive big you know manchester city liverpool whatever budget you know it literally is you know every single every single pound every single penny obviously has to be accounted for and, and has to be used vitally isn't it yeah absolutely um you know i wish there was a uh, benefactor but to behind the club that could make us all sleep at night um but there's not so uh we have to work extremely hard for for that every penny that you've just mentioned ben so um you know whether that's our online club shop um this saturday for an example we're doing a, a physical pop-up shop at springfield stadium from from 10 till 2 um it's the first time we've 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 done it this football season um so again if if people uh, on island want to come and buy some jersey balls uh merchandise they certainly can um especially with the uh the wetter and more colder weather coming um we've got the rain jackets the track suits and the hoodies so there's lots there's lots for for you know the supporters to purchase which is which is great so um again we've been working hard on on on, on little fundraising initiatives as well as big fundraising initiatives we have our, our 1000 club um which i think we paid out over fifteen thousand pounds last year in in prize money um again because of covid i'd probably say that that price pot's a little bit lower just purely because we got locked down pretty much when the renewal phase was and you know a lot of times it's uh, word of mouth you want a thousand club ticket they start at 60 pounds and at the moment there we're halfway through so only 30 pounds and you know it's just you didn't get that interaction with with people so that the sales probably probably dropped off um so yeah we work extremely hard for 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 the, every penny that we bring in and, and and sadly it's pretty much all going back out the door so um you know we're not in a we're not in a a, a sort of uh financial position where we've got uh you know pools of cash in a, in a savings account as that's an offshore savings account we are offshore um, it's already there so, exactly but uh, yeah it's certainly uh, money that's going to be spent and you know the lion's share of that goes on on our travel yeah and i think we don't particularly want to we know what again we've said it before it's in the history books we bang on about it enough but i know very much the club are very very keen to kind of obviously the the devastating news broke you know obviously covid-19 situation is you know is a huge important uh you know situation that the whole world has to kind of get to grips with and and, and kind of minimize the risks for for everyone involved but obviously the season was non void but as soon as things start to get unlocked, not just in in the UK but in Jersey, there was obviously the green light was 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 put on for the 2020 2021 season. Uh, how much hard work did the team have to to go through to to really get themselves ready for this new season, which only started a matter of weeks ago? Yeah, um, so so this isn't uh, an area of the, of, of the team I'm probably not too close to Ben, but certainly uh, you know Russell had a lot of conversations with with Gary um, about the new season ahead um talking to the sports psychologist uh, Debbie as well you know about about the history um of, of last season putting that to bed focusing on on what we can control um and um you know the attitude's been exemplary so we, when we started I can't remember the exact date but we were um training in in isolation we couldn't we couldn't tackle we couldn't play you know certain types of uh, training drills so there was a lot of running um you know passing you know the the balls equipment getting sanitized all this sort of good stuff um we put in you know the best practice that we were required to do so um but the guys didn't have any idea when they were going to start so so that was quite difficult again genuinely um jersey's borders have been open since early july 
and we had one team that actually came over, but we weren't actually allowed to play. Um, but but that 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 was frustrating because obviously you can come over on holiday, but we weren't allowed to play play sport even if it was behind closed doors. So um, everything regarding pre-season w- was difficult. So so Gary and the lads never had the opportunity to play a pre-season match. Um, and it's quite quite funny when you look at the teams in our league and, and how many games they play in pre-season. Literally the whole of August, they're probably playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. And, you know, some some teams would rack up anything between eight and ten pre-season friendlies. So uh, I'll be honest, I was I was quite nervous against uh, Bedfont and Feltham in match day one about the uh, the sort of fitness levels, um, how 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 that would transpire. Um, but one thing the, the Bulls are blessed with is, is, is a great a great bunch of lads and they are ridiculously fit. So, um, again, I think it was really late against Bedfont that, that we went 2-1 up and subsequently scored, you know, another two in the last 10 minutes. Um, again, we've seen late goals in, in, in the other two games. So, um, yeah, preparation for the start of the season was tough. Um, again, all credit to the Combine Counties League. It's been it's been difficult for them to to plan fixtures. So how how things happen at our level, like you know step six, level ten of the English football pyramid. What happens is the professional football fixtures get done first. Um, so then it then goes down to the national leagues for them to to do their fixtures. Now, for example, Harrogate Town, who come out of the uh, the national league and went into the EFL. Uh, they had a 3G pitch and you're not allowed to have them in the in the EFL. So their pitch has been dug up. So they've had to ground share um, with, with a neighbour. So that then has a knock-on effect to their neighbour's fixtures. And then obviously in non-league, there's so many different ground shares. So we are right at the bottom of the food chain in terms of when we get our fixtures. So it was only late last night, actually, that we got given our full fixtures for for October. Now, this time last year, we'd have probably done, I don't know, eight league fixtures. Um, but, you know, we're starting behind and, you know, the planning for the guys at the Combined County Leagues has been extremely difficult, not only because of the, the, the late start, but the logistical problems that Jersey Bulls, unfortunately, are causing because of because of COVID. You know, we can't we can't actually fly back to Jersey on a Saturday uh, evening no more. Um, those flights used to be, you know, regulars for, for the football club. Um, but the last flight to Jersey on a Saturday is now 3 p.m. from Heathrow. Um, so you obviously cannot play a football match and get to an airport an hour before a flight. Um, so that's just, you know, added to uh, the logistical headaches that, that, that you know, Russell and, 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 you know, the league fixture secretary have got. Yeah, it's it's like you said, there's, you know, the, the Bulls are, are one small cog in a, in a bigger, you know, the footballing pyramid, which, um, but obviously you guys have got to look at, UK guidance of what's going on in terms of um, you know uh, Boris Johnson addressed the, the the you know the UK uh, a matter of hours ago after sorry a matter of minutes ago um, before coming on here to to record this this episode um, but what's the kind of the latest on, on Jersey kind of do do we have any information yet on when things may be unlocked if at all for a possible uh, return to Springfield? No, I think I think we are very. Um cautious in the island um and that's not necessarily a bad thing um we are we are extremely fortunate in the island in terms of whenever come someone comes into to the island whether it's by sea or or by air um they're tested um and obviously if they test positive for covid um they're contacted um you know pretty much immediately um they're required to self-isolate uh local public health and government uh, invoke the track and trace uh, mechanism and it's all very sort of controlled. So I think, you know, we've probably like 
I think today we announced four new COVID cases, which is probably one of the highest new amount of cases we've had in in months. Um, that said, you know that no one's hospitalised in the island and it's it's being managed. So, and what we have done during that period is kept our borders open. So last week we saw saw the sad news um, breaking that Guernsey FC would not complete um, compete in the uh, in step four in the Ishmael League this season, and that's that's more because their borders aren't open. So if they did go to the UK, then they've got to come back and isolate. I can't remember the number, whether it's seven or 14 days, which is obviously impossible for people to go to work. And that, that's fully understandable that they have to pull out. Whereas Jersey's been different. We, we've opened up um, the borders. The amount of you know UK regged cars that I've seen over over on the island during the summer months has has been great for our tourism industry. Um, so and again, you know, the Jersey's been you know quite vibrant. The weather we've had a good summer. Um, so that's not been as, as as difficult for us than than maybe in the UK. So. You're obviously a lot bigger island. It's, it's very difficult for the UK government to to adopt what we do. In fact, it's impossible. Um, so I fully understand and get that. So we're not in the bubbles of six at the moment. Um, and again, we haven't invoked, you know, work from home. If you, if, you know, it's not a necessity here in Jersey at the moment. Um, so we'll just have to see what happens. But we're we're um, in a lot better place. We're very fortunate here. Um, so we'll just have to see 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 how, uh, you know, the next few weeks and months um, uh, play out. Yeah, and obviously the prospect of teams to, to, to come over and compete is, uh, is not on, on the cards yet. And there'll be a huge, obviously, you're talking about income and revenue streams at the start then. Obviously, Springfield is, you know, is a huge you know, huge earn for the you know, the club to kind of to, to put to money in, into the coffers. Um, there is the, obviously uh, we can't just play away games as such. We do have to have home fixtures as well. How's that gonna How's that gonna work for the, for the Jersey Bulls this season? Yeah, so the Combine Counties League have been great. We we had said the earliest opportunity um, at the beginning and in, in the close season would have been in in November. So Jersey's government are are, are looking at the uh, events. Um, you know what, what what they're planning for events, um, and that's being discussed next month in October. Um, again, I've got no crystal ball, um, but my my thoughts is we probably won't play at home in Jersey against UK opposition in 2020. I really hope I'm wrong, um, but I can't see it. Um, again, I'm not a scientist or a medical expert, but you know. What's happening? The data showing that the virus is accelerating again. There's more and more cases, um, and obviously that should only get worse as we all start to get the you know colds and flu symptoms and, and all that sort of good stuff. So, going back to your point, you know it's Jersey Bulls FC has 19 home league games, so we've got 19 days of opportunity to generate revenue. So that revenue is obviously from your program sales, from your gate receipts of people physically coming to watch the game. Uh, you could do mini raffles, golden gold tickets. You sell your merchandise on the on the door. Um, all of those things are, are taken away from from us. So that significantly um, affects our our sort of revenue streams and plans. So uh, where I had and I've mentioned those four revenue streams, we've lost one, and that that really hurts. So. Um, we do want that back. When when will it be back? Who knows? Um, 
Mr. Johnson just said on the on on the news there that you know we hope to be in a better place in the spring and you know let's let's hope he's right and is is it going to be the spring when we start to see uh, visiting teams coming to Springfield and 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 taking us on in, in front of our home fans? Um, if that was uh, an offering, I'd I'd take it right now. But we've got so much uncertainty. Um, we're, what we're going to do is is play some of our home fixtures on the mainland. Um, the club and, and Russell's been leading this, have been in talks with uh, several uh, clubs. And uh, again, we're happy to hear from more clubs that have got pitch availability. And um, we are looking at a 3G surface or 4G surface just purely because we've got the certainty that that fixture will be on. Um, so, yeah, we're looking forward to, at the moment, we're playing some home games at Ascot United's ground, who are obviously in Combined Counties League Premier Division. And then Dorking uh, Wanderers have kindly allowed us uh, some dates on, on their pitch. Now, they're a, a National League South club. Um, and they've also got their under-23 development squad in, in our division as well. So so they're the first two clubs that have come forward and, and offered some assistance. And uh, we're really, really grateful um, to those guys and uh, looking forward to uh, uh, turning out on, on, on their pitch and uh, hopefully uh, keep some some records intact in there from our, from our home forms perspective. Absolutely. And um, I suppose... Obviously, we're going head to head with some of these teams, not necessarily this year, but possibly in future years. But I think it just shows that the camaraderie, doesn't it? You know, between teams, between clubs, because no one wants to see anyone fall or fall by the wayside, really, do they? No, I think I think when we started to, um, you know, seriously consider forming forming the club, um, I did an awful lot of homework and looked at the non-league um, sort of setup right the way from step one down to step six, where we, where we currently are. And like you say, the camaraderie and the spirit there, yeah, you get the odds, you know, sort of uh, spat that's normally on the pitch. And sometimes you see it on social media. I saw one team in our league criticising other teams like playing surface and all that sort of stuff. But in essence, you know, everybody behind these clubs are volunteers. And some of the effort that some of these volunteers put in um, to, you know, get their pitch mode or to to, to provide, you know, refreshments and, and, and do whatever they need to do is absolutely incredible. Um, so yeah, we we're all very much supportive of each other. Obviously, if there's a whistle and and you know we're we're, we're kind of enemies for 90 minutes, but at the end of the game, um, you know it's all it's all really good stuff. And you know we've met some 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 exceptional people, um, both on the mainland and here in Jersey. Um, so I've had some good experiences with them. I was speaking to one of the managers quite late last night on on WhatsApp, trying to see if we could try and do something with potentially a, a bit of a random kickoff time to help fulfil our fixtures and. Um, you know that clubs the clubs have been super accommodating so far to us which is really really appreciated no it's brilliant because again uncertain times and i think you no know, everyone wants to try and help each other which is a uh, recent guy and kyle will come from from a motorsport kind of background and it's very similar as, as well the kind of yes we're competing against each other but actually at the same time you kind of want everyone to be there to get everyone have a proper fight to actually um go against each other and actually compete but i know ian you said before coming on here you get a lot of requests um you know and it's great you, you know very much a public person yourself and russell and the whole the whole team very much you know answering questions and and, you know, and thank you again for for coming on this evening but i think a lot of um a lot of the questions that must probably come your way uh come regarding fixtures because obviously at the minute we've been drip fed the first um first few we had september's i think october as you said is kind of um on its way but kind of what's the rest of the year look like uh, i know obviously you're looking at home fixtures as possibility of having 
in in the UK for the time being. But what's it going to look like? Do you know if there's are there double headers coming up? What's what's the kind of anything you can tell us in the in the immediate future? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, obviously, subject to to getting confirmed early indications that our October schedule will start with double header, double header, rest weekend, and and possibly a triple header to finish it. So. You know, a big, big ask of the players, seven games in in, in literally three trips. Um, but they do get a weekend off. Um, so um, that would be their reward. Um, but again, these these uh, these fixtures have come out. Um, Russell's working ex- extremely hard, just speaking to the clubs, um, you know, seeing if there could be some some minor tweaks, for example, if, um, you know, if there's any club that you know, we're scheduled playing on three o'clock on Saturday, you know, could a, could a kickoff be brought forward slightly to maybe catch a flight home? Possibility, I don't know. Um, but again, Russell, Russell liaises with his opposite numbers at the uh, at the clubs and uh, we finalise those logistics. So, um, again, it's really hard to book far in advance um, in terms of flights. Uh, we've got our flights booked for this weekend. Uh, nothing's booked for the following weekend yet. But uh, again, that's that's Russell's side of the football club and he'll, he'll start to, to put the, the wheels in motion for that game once uh, once those fixtures are confirmed. And the other thing we've got to watch is... Um, Jersey have basically categorised every part of the UK uh, into green, amber and red zones. Now, if anyone went to a red zone, then you'd have to self-isolate in Jersey for 14 14 days. So obviously we cannot stay there. Uh, Amber's five days. So again, we cannot stay in an amber zone. Um, But if you stay in a green zone, you're absolutely, absolutely fine. So it's almost like you're storm chasing to find out where a green zone is in the UK. Um, So we're fortunate at the moment, um, you know, around the areas of of sort of Gatwick and Heathrow um, and Southampton, they're all they're all green at the moment. There are a couple of isolated amber areas. So as long we, we stay overnight in in a green zone um that's okay so that's obviously russell's constantly reviewing that on a daily basis um so uh but in in, in short your question um uh yeah two two rest weekend three is the idea for october we haven't yet seen the uh, n- november plans but i'm sure they'll be out shortly just following on from that ian um such a, a congested fixtures list for uh, what is essentially a, a club on an island on its own that has has massive travel implications compared to some clubs that may just jump in a car or just drive around the M25 to an, another another club. Um, I was listening to something on Talksport the other week about uh, non-league football and how Premier League footballers um, are always complaining about such a congested fixtures fixtures um, fixtures in the league. And mm-hmm. and I read something about um, a Spurs player. Um, complaining about uh, congested fixture over the next few months. Given the given the fixture list that you've just you've just given to us, the double headers and the triple headers, what sort of for, for a club your size and, and starting out from effectively the, the the bottom tier, what what implications does that have for a club of your size and given the extra extra travel that's required? Yeah, it's a really it's a really interesting question, Reese. And I think if you ask, I don't know, 10, 10 football fans, they'd probably give you sort of different different stances on it. Um, so one um, one view is is obviously what what do our players think? Um, the players relish the opportunity of doing things like that. They they love the challenge. Uh, some of these lads have represented Jersey in a tournament called the Island Games, which is basically you know all the islands around around the sort of world co- converge on a host island and have like a mini sort of Olympics um, there. And they tend to play like five games in six days uh, sometimes. And obviously that's a 
you know, huge strain on the body and all the rest of it. So I think two and two days. Uh, we did it. We did it last season when we played uh, Fleet Spurs at home and uh, West Side away uh, in August Bank Holiday weekend. So you know, we've done it once before. Um, and you know, if they have to do it again, um, I think it'll be fine. Uh, doing three and three, that's going to be a bit of a challenge. But uh, you know, the guys, the guys are up for it. Um, the guys are also um, mindful that we don't know what's around the corner. So if this this virus does take hold in in you know the UK um how things are maybe predicted in in November for an example um there could be more lockdowns does that mean that we don't we, we might not be able to fly I don't know um so I think I think where we're trying to double up and even triple up um that just helps us tick off some of the fixtures um you know i don't think we're certainly not gonna um you know mothball the club like say uh Merthyr Tipful have done because they can't play into in in, in the uk they've, they've got to stay in wales so they've they're, they're gonna stay in step three and come back the following season and um, we didn't want to do that we felt obviously aggrieved on the decision last year we desperately want to get into step five um and we definitely want to play in the fa cup next year so so these are the kind of things whereby you know if we feel if we try and get a uh, at least catch up with the other teams because some teams in our league have actually played two games more than us and again this weekend there's Saturday fixtures and then the following week there's Tuesday fixtures we can't play any midweek games because of uh, you know the awkwardness of travel and, and people taking longer times off work so so having three and three games uh, three games in three days it actually quite works for the Bulls Reese um, one we tick off the fixtures and secondly it's only one airfare that we're, we're, we're sort of having to pay for so um, whilst there's some increased costs on, on hotels and, and things like that um, it does actually in a strange way work in our favour but obviously if we uh, were to drop some points in those then uh, uh, people will probably be pointing fingers at Russell and I and say it's our fault for making the players do that so um, it's, it's one of those but uh, you know the lads are keen hungry and uh, we, we want to try and fulfill our season and um, you know if we can get ahead of the curve in terms of playing matches I think that'll be beneficial for the club. And also it's not just the, the league games this year Ian as well we've got the FA Vars thrown into the mix that's going to be quite exciting it's mouthwatering for a lot of people to see Jersey in such a prestigious competition. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, it's uh, we, we decided not to enter last year because, you know, maybe we didn't sell all the, all the sponsorship uh, packages at the beginning of the season. Um, so we very much made that decision on a financial basis. Um, whilst it was, uh, you know, upsetting not to do it, it was certainly the right decision. Um, but this year we're super excited. Um, you know, some, some, some terrific teams in there. Um, some terrific teams have actually fallen already, but it's uh, no, we're, we're, we're really excited that it'd be the first time that the Bulls have entered the Vars and, uh, you know, certainly in the first, I don't know how many rounds it's all regionalized. So we won't have to go too far afield, but, you know, let's, let's keep everything crossed that, uh, you know, the, the UK is in a better place in, in, in when the latter stages do happen. And, you know, there is a sporting chance that we could play and, the north, the west, the east of, of the UK, and it's all very, very exciting. Um, that said, we've got a, a tough away game to, to kick us off on the 10th of October. Um, so, you know, we're super looking forward to playing Billingshurst um, from the Southern Combination League. Um, we don't know too much about them, but uh, we look forward to visiting their ground. It's uh, going to be a new experience for all the players and uh, one they'll absolutely relish, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Second qualifying round is, is where we, we go into. So I think we got the bye, wasn't it, on the on the first on the first round. Um, fr from a from a your director's hat on, but also a fan's 
uh, fans hat on. What are you kind of hoping uh, in that competition for this year? Yeah, well, obviously it's a, it's a big dream. Um, you'd love to you'd love to go all the way to a final, but um, you know we've got to play against the best teams from 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 you know. I don't know how many teams are entered. There's probably about 500 plus teams that, that entered. I think we're down to about 400 now. Um, but you know, there's some really, there's some really good clubs in there. And um, yeah, it's, uh, you, you just don't know. It's luck of the draw. Uh, you know, early favourites. Uh, people said that Berry AFC, uh, the Phoenix club of, of, of Berry, that obviously went out of business in the football league. Everyone said, well, they're, they're going to be up there. And, and they fell, they fell 2-1 in their first game. Um, so that was a big shock. Um, teams like Whitley Bay, they're the most successful side ever in the FA Vars, won it four times. They've fallen at the first. Um, Didier Gat, that used to play for Celtic, he manages Durham City. Um, hey, he's, up, the he, north. up the north, <laughs> Reese. He's he's gone too. So, you know, there's lots of there's lots of you know stories. Um, you know, Razor Ruddock, I'm being I've been a Liverpool fan. Razor's one of the directors at um at Enfield. And I'd love us to play in Enfield to have a director's ch- chat with Razor, but that's not going to happen because they've been dumped out of the competition. Um, so look, there's loads of there's loads of um, there's loads of fun in the Vars, and uh, you know we, we we would love to go as far as we can, but again, um, it's a cliche. You know, you've got to take one one game at a time, and never has that cliche been so um so correct in terms of what we're doing at the Bulls at the moment behind the scenes because like as I said earlier we only got last uh, next week's fixture last night so we haven't even booked our flights for next weekend yet uh this time last year we'd probably booked about 20 25 trips or something um so we very much are working on a week to week basis um we don't want to um you know I'd love to be able to plan things and uh it's it's not that comfortable not being able to plan. So um, so yeah, we 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 will look forward to the Vars when it comes around in what two and a bit weeks. And uh, yeah, obviously the, the the lads and everyone at the club would would, would dream of going all the way. But uh, it's going to be a very tough competition. There's no doubt about it. And just for, and, oh, sorry, go on, sorry, sorry, and, and just for those that just for those that don't uh, don't follow the Vars as much uh, in comparison to the to the larger its bigger brother, the FA Cup. Um, what what is the what is the prize money for for winning the winning the cup and and how how much of an impact would it have for the club? So yeah, the prize money if you were to win the Vars would be uh, in the final would be thirty thousand pounds. Um, and I think losing is either ten or fifteen. Um, so you know obviously that that that's that's really important. Um, it's certainly not there in my revenue streams forecast because you can't can't <laughs> you know gamble on 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 getting to a final, but. Um, I think I think when you've maybe played three three rounds in the Vars, it would really help us with our sort of travel costs each game because there's prize money uh, for each game. Um, but certainly, if we if we were to be successful in in the second round qualifier, um, you know, it's it's going to be about forty percent of our travel costs of that game. So um, you know, it, it certainly helps. Um, but you know, when you get to the latter stages, um, quarterfinals onwards, then then it does get quite quite lucrative, and it does you know pay for itself type of thing, Reese. Ian, you strike me as someone who's uh, loves a good plan and a man after my own heart. Loves to put a strategy in place to to really tick the, tick the boxes and plan things. Um, obviously, just a question I kind of asked, and I think a lot of people kind of want to uh, want to certainly know. Is I don't know if you've seen the James Bond film Skyfall, where he's told to get on the tube train and he's running after it. How far ahead 
when is the sort of the last the last hurrah the when's the last sort of we need to make a decision to be able to go to a game so for example ash united we'll put this out before ash united's game i think when was that that closing date to go we need to book some flights we need to know we need to know the the when the fixture is yeah so i think the thing with ash ash um was what day are we going to play um and and was there a, a possibility of getting a second game in that weekend, um, when we realised there there wasn't the possibility of getting the, sec- the 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 second game, it was like, well, when's the the best time to play um, Ash? Now, one way of looking at it, if we were to play a Friday night, um, the players can fly back to the island at say eight a.m. on a Saturday morning, and they've got a weekend in the island. Um, if they were to play on a Saturday at three o'clock, which we are, um, they have to stay overnight. So that just incurs costs. Um, admittedly, would have costs if we did it on a Friday night. Um, again, players players have to take a half day off work. That's another factor. So sometimes when we do play Friday nights, we haven't got our full team because you know not everybody can travel. Um, so so that was the sort of deliberation there. And unfortunately, Ash's pitch wasn't available on the Friday evening, which which is absolutely fine. Um, so but what we hope to do once we've got this sort of uh, well, we we do know our sort of next. Uh, seven fixtures in theory um russell will be liaising with the chairman and club secretaries of the clubs just to 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 finalize those kickoff times we can get them up on our website and um and then obviously we can do a bit more um planning yeah so it's we go back to what you said at the start Ian, where you mentioned it's a new club and and you've got a new fan base um guys that are wanting to follow follow a new club and be be there from the beginning and it's certainly been similar to my background. People want a, a connection to the, to the club, and they want that special feeling. And that, that's that's how I, I support Preston on, on the side slightly. I uh, went to university there, had had no prior links to a club, and it's just been a, a, a great feeling for myself. Um, I must admit, before before Ben even mentioned you, I, I didn't know a lot about the Bulls, um, but just just attending games and. And, and starting this podcast, it's been it's been a it's been a great small journey so far, and hope, hopefully um hopefully a few more episodes to come, and definitely a lot more games. So, in general, in realistic terms, where would you like to see the club in the next 10, 15 years? Again, that's a it's a really really good question, Reese. Um, being being honest, um, obviously we've just got the short term issues of COVID. Um, yeah, how 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 long are these? How long is this going to impact football? Um, some of the announcements have got made today, um, you know, steps one and two um, are, are being told if they're playing, they're playing behind closed doors. Now, that's just not sustainable. Um, so a lot of clubs will either sit out the season or they'll, they'll have to come to some other method. That I think the, the National League um, are meeting on Thursday to discuss that. So. So there's, there's so there's so much that we don't know. Um, let's just say the world is perfect, um, and in ten to fifteen years, where would we like to be? Um, the ultimate dream of, of of Jersey Bulls FC would to be a, a sustainable professional football club. That would be the ultimate dream. Um, obviously, it's been achieved in Jersey with with our rugby club, who are currently in the championship. Um, so that that would obviously, you know be where we'd like to be Reese. we'd love to feature on uh you know a match of the day fa cup special um again that's probably not behind uh, beyond the realms of fantasy um when they do the qualifiers the bbc red button in fact i was watching a step five club player step four club last night um the step five club one and you know i look at us and i think could that be us in 12 months time 
Um, certainly, if any BBC producers are listening and they fancy a trip to Jersey, then then they will happily accommodate them. Um, but, you know, that, that would be amazing to be on the TV, to be on the BBC, to play in the FA Cup. Um, can we climb the leagues? Um, you know, the short term one, again, I don't know, you know, how feasible it's going to be or when it will be, but we cannot wait to play Guernsey FC in, in the traditional league game to have that first derby, whether it's in Guernsey, in Jersey, you know, forget COVID. Imagine we go into the, to, to the, to the ferry companies, guys, you're going to need a bigger boat and uh, it's going to be great. Um, we can't wait for things like that to happen, Reese. And, uh, you know, we don't want to wish our, our, our lives away. Um, we're on, we're on the journey. You know, you, you mentioned it's the start of a journey. Um, we had a terrific, you know, sort of first 12 months last year. Um, we've started strongly in, in the most difficult circumstances ever. Um, but, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna keep persevering and, um, you know, at the end of the season, all we're looking for is is that promotion to step five. That's that's our goal. Ian, your your um your passion and enthusiasm is certainly infectious because mentioning the FA Cup there, I don't know about you, Reese, but it starts to sort of send a little bit of a few shivers down the old spine because it's something which I'd never thought as a Jerseyman would ever see. Um, yeah, def- definitely. I mean, that that step up to the next tier is 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 the gateway to that to that next um that next journey. Uh, all it takes is a few wins, and and you hey, oh, you could you could be a uh, you could be live on BBC One in January, third round. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, God, there's so much, so much, uh, got so much to possibly look forward to there. But um, Ian, we've got one last question. Then we're gonna do we've got sort of a quick fire, five or six questions. Which whoever comes on this, um, and we're gonna hopefully get a good mix. We're gonna hopefully get some players. Gonna get more of the of your fellow you know colleagues on the kind of the management side, uh, some other fans as well. Uh, so we'll go into those quick five questions in a second. But um, a question from us, obviously, as fans of the of the Jersey Bulls, have you been surprised by the sheer um, the sort of coverage and the, and the fan base that it has, you know, grown, especially as it's, it's, you know, it's really only two years old? No, absolutely. It's been it's been exceptional. Um, you know, this week I've been interacting with fans in, in, in Spain, in the US, um, I always ask, uh, you know, when I send uh, sort of merchandise around the world, if I could get a get a picture so we can put it in the uh, the match day programs. Um, obviously, we can't do physical this season if we're playing games away, but uh, we will have a PDF version and hopefully feature those fans in there. Um, but honestly, the, the the club has has gone global in terms of uh, you know uh, sort of merchandise sales. You know, certainly the US, Japan, Hong Kong, Bahrain, Australia, New Zealand, Spain, France. Um, all of the home uh, countries as well. Um, so, so yeah, I never, never, ever expected that. Um, so, so no, it's again the local, the local supporters have been fantastic. I alluded to it earlier. So many fans that I just didn't even envisage would would come and follow like a, the national side or, or you know, the side that we have have created. Um, so no, we're really proud of of of, of what's been achieved so far. Um, we're super committed to to growing that, um, and what I mean by that is doing is doing more in the community. Obviously, with COVID, that sort of prevented a lot of things happen in the community. Um, Russell had a fantastic idea of racing racing Guernsey around the around the world in the early stages of uh, the lockdown, which was successful, and we raised um, you know several thousand pounds for for local charities that were affected by the virus. Um, but we want to do more, and you know things such as you know 
Santander have a school zone that they sponsor here at Springfield and every every home game normally a primary school different primary school comes along and they they walk out with the fans and they play play on the pitch at half time and all that sort of great stuff meet Beanie um, and all that's been taken away at the moment and um, you know we're keen to we're keen to do some more more things and we've got some exciting plans in in in, in the wings for the future and Reese will kindly volunteer for that <laughs> Well, guys, if, if we are playing home matches away, we certainly do need a uh, Beanie representative. So, Reese, I'm putting you down as uh, first choice. Uh, I've seen some of the guys that come out of them suits and it's not a pretty sight. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Reese would be the perfect uh, contender. But just actually just on the on the on the fan side, um, we, we did get a couple of questions, but a question which um, I'm quite intrigued to kind of just to hear kind of your view and kind of what if there's anything in the pipeline possibly. But obviously most of the fans jersey based naturally um but obviously there's quite a few starting to grow in, in the uk and uh, obviously mm-hmm. around the world as you as you've mentioned there but um we had a, a question on on the jersey bulls uh, fan zone on the, f- the facebook page um by alex hilton who says would the club be willing to help get fans away to away fixtures uh, with maybe package deals including flights match tickets etc there had been any is there been any consideration for that also the other way around as well because um i know a few times i think you put on twitter there may be some uh you know for example you book say 25 seats for farnham town or whoever it may be there may be an odd mm-hmm. seat or two spare for an away fan to come over is there anything like that you always kind of maybe looking at to maybe try and bolster the away support yeah it's it's certainly something it's a really good question from alex it's certainly something uh, we have looked at um, but the complications with COVID have, have sort of made that very difficult right now. Um, as I said earlier, we haven't even booked our flights for next Saturday's game or next Friday night's game yet. Um, so the, the practicality is has been complicated um, a lot. Um, we, we speak to all the airlines. Um, we've even looked at doing a private charter um, but sadly, because of the way, you know, we're going to play, for an example, if we were to play the, I don't know, let's just mention the FA Vars. If we were to go and play um, our Vars game against Billingshurst and, um, on a traditional three o'clock Saturday game, uh, and we chartered a plane to to take not only the team, but supporters over, and we stay overnight and we play a league game on a Sunday before returning to Jersey. Because that plane is stuck in an airport in the UK, um, there's a dead leg. It doesn't come back, and and and, and that's effective effective again when it returns back to Jersey because the plane is probably ultimately based in the UK. So that ramps up the cost of say a charter significantly. Um, we were seriously considering it, but it was a five figure sum, and it didn't be- begin with a one. So that just goes to show the sheer cost of travel. Um, so in answer to Alex's question, it is something the club are conscious of. We would love more away support. Uh, we'd love to see yourselves in Jersey. Um, but again, if I don't think we're going to play at home in 2020, um, let's hope that's something that we can do in, in the start of 2021. Um, again, when things get a little bit easier um, for travelling away, then then that's a great possibility. But being honest, we've got to keep our players um, sort of safe and as well the fans safe. So, there's probably bubbles. The players are obviously training and, and, and playing and being on sat next to planes like all the time. Um, they're, they're broken down into small small groups. Um, they room with the same people. Um, so all that kind of stuff is is prevalent now, unfortunately, in this this 
COVID era. So if if fans did come over, then there would be segregation from the team. Yes, they could probably be, be on the same same flight. Um, absolutely. Um, but you know, it's it's difficult right now to um, to involve them, say, on the team bus or or, or anything like that. Now, last year. Um, uh, that game that we mentioned, AFC Hayes, that you guys, uh, or certainly Ben was at, um, we we actually put about a dozen dozen fans on the team bus. They flew over with us, they jumped on the bus, watched the game, uh, enjoyed some drinks, and then jumped back on the bus and flew home on Saturday night with us. So in an anti-COVID world, absolutely, there's there's ways and means and we'd like to, to, to build on that. And that's, that's one thing the cl- club wants to do. The club doesn't want to stand still. It always wants to evolve. It always wants to better ourselves. Um, and, you know, we've got uh, our volunteers work extremely hard to, to try and make those uh, incremental improvements. Yeah, I think just uh, I think you know with with COVID and the current situation, it's it's completely understandable. But it's it's really fascinating kind of to hear these are always in the pipeline, always being considered. Because um, I think certainly the great thing that I think we've all noticed is that that the club is is important to everyone, and the fans really do feel part of. It. I mean, even for us, Ian, when when the players and Gary and and the team come across, even just a sort of fist pump or just sort of you know hang around for a bit afterwards, it means a lot to us. It probably means a lot to them the fact that we've they've actually had some support there um and i think it's just important you know both both directions that they've got that support so here reese we'll just have to be a bit louder we'll bring back kyle the old foghorn because we need to <laughs> we feel we need to up the uh the energy because uh we've been a bit quiet we've had our pre-season we've been slowly but surely getting into it but uh it definitely come the vars i think uh we'll have to be the, the noisiest uh, noisiest group group there but um ian we um fully appreciate your time we are going to end it just on a quick 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 fire five questions um five or six questions just uh we're going to ask each each person when they come on here so ian horswell this is certainly your life i think if you can call it like this or uh <laughs> or mastermind but anyway we'll, we'll we'll crack on with it so just to find a little, little bit more about you so what team or what teams do you support in football? Uh, Liverpool and St Mirren. Oh, such a shame. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because we're all because we're we're very much based. Uh, you know, we've we've got with football and motorsport as well. What what would be your dream car to drive on the road? Sadly, you're asking the wrong guy, Ben. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really don't know. Um, I'm not. I'm not really into uh, cars. So maybe just a clean car that would be really, really helpful for me because uh, the inside of the car is uh, stinking of beach right now, and uh, yeah, probably needs a clean on the outside as well. So if I can go with a clean car, I'm not too fussed what it would be. <laughs> yeah, that's that sounds good to me. Just anything that just gets you from A to B, it's clean. That sounds good to me. Um, what's been what's been the toughest moment for you? as your role director of the Jersey Bulls so far? I think it's probably the pressure of, of, of generating sponsorship. Um, I do put myself under an awful lot of pressure in that, that, that sort of regard. Um, obviously the director, uh, directors have all got different roles and responsibilities. And, you know, if, if there isn't sufficient money in the bank, I personally take that, um, I'm accountable for that. So, so that puts me under pressure and a bit of stress. Um, but that said, you know, we've got some excellent sponsors and excellent partners. And um, one thing that's really surprised me during this period is when we contacted all the sponsors to say, 
you know, we're technically going to be in breach of our uh, contract here. Um, we're really sorry. Um, you know, can we talk about it? Every single one of them just said, we're fully behind you. We fully support the club and um, the excellent team behind it. So, you know, carry on. You've got our support and, and, and backing, which was which was really touching and, and, and great news. No, that's, that's, that's absolutely brilliant to hear. Um, again, not just the, the great players, the great fans, great team, but great sponsors as well. Because without them, we wouldn't be able to enjoy it and do all this. That's absolutely superb. So I suppose that, you know, you put a lot of pressure on yourself and you, you know, put a lot of, a lot of kind of achievements, you know, a lot of hurdles you want to try and get over. But um, go on there. What's what's been the best moment? You know, we've talked about kind of maybe some tough times. But what's been the best moment for you? Yeah, best best moment. Um, I think it'll have to be the Stevenage game. Um, just literally seeing seeing us kick off. Um, in fact, I was probably doing another job. I actually didn't see the uh, official kick off, but I was in my chair probably within the first or second minute, and um, that for me, um, you know. The team was up and running, literally. Um, that was that was probably uh, the, the biggest moment so far. And um, I suppose for this year, which which team are you most looking forward to to, to locking horns with again this season? Um, I think obviously uh, we had um, you know Farnham Farnham Town were our greatest uh, sort of or closest rivals last year, um, but this year Walton and Hersham have invested. Um, heavily into their their sort of playing squad, as as I alluded earlier, we don't we don't pay anyone, um, but they've got they've got a very strong squad. Um, they've had a big turn as well of players, so it's it's pretty pretty much a, a new eleven. Um, so they've started off with some some free scoring uh, uh, victories. So I think I think when we play Walton um, and Hersham, that's going to be. Uh, Two, two exciting encounters. Um, we narrowly beat them uh, here in Jersey last year, and uh, uh, we won. We did win three nil um, in Walton last year, but uh, but certainly no no easy games there. So uh, yeah, certainly looking forward to the challenge of locking horns with those guys this season. And our final our final question for you, Ian, is what would make you happy this year? What would you like the end result to be for the Jersey Bulls? Yeah, so um, first and foremost is promotion. Um, again, we don't have, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, I sincerely hope that the league is able to finish and it can come to a proper conclusion. Um, if it can't be finished for whatever reason, and, and all, all twenty clubs cannot play the thirty-eight league games, then uh, some sort of mathematical equation is is used, whether that's points per game or weighted points per game, whatever that may be. And Jersey Bulls Football Club are in the top four. That's that's for me the big dream. Yes, there's a cup cup competition, um, but for me that is that is secondary. Uh, there's some big dreams and, and hopes and um, in, in involved there. But let's let's try and be in step five this time next year. Ian, thank you very much for your for your time this evening with such open, honest answers. I think a lot, I mean, certainly we do, and I think a lot of the fans will really appreciate the kind of the open honesty and the kind of behind the scenes information because, again, we see the, the stuff online, we see on the Facebook page, we don't necessarily get to know the ins and outs of how things actually materialise. So, Ian, we can only say thank you for, for giving up your time th this evening. No problem at all, Ben, and uh, thank you very much as well, Reese. It's uh, been a pleasure being on the on, on the show, and I wish you guys every success with it. And uh, hopefully, next time when I come on, I can uh, chat to Kyle as well. Excellent, Ian. You're an absolute star. Cheers, boys.
Thanks, Ian. Take care, lads. See you soon. What a brilliant, what a brilliant fifth episode that was. How formal will we there, Reese? Because I just felt we had to be a bit more grown up with a director in the house. Yeah, definitely. Um, really passionate guy. Really likes the club. Um, yeah, great. We we got a great insight. We, I mean, we could have probably chatted for another, probably another two hours. There. I mean, that was a good hour or so's uh, talk there. And I think we tried to squeeze as much out of Ian as we possibly can. Uh, but no, um, really passionate about the club and. Yeah, we we hope we can go further. I guess. Yeah, definitely. I mean, at, at troubling times at the moment with with COVID flying around. Um, but no, um, forever seems like a forever positive guy, no matter what's going on around him. Yeah, exactly. There's so many challenges that are facing the club. I think at the minute, and it's just yeah, great to see enthusiasm running throughout, not just the fans, players, but also you know the the staff that unfortunately haven't yet seen a game this season. But hopefully, we'll see Ian. Hope we see Russell. Hope we see a lot of the other other members of the staff coming across as well. And fingers crossed, we actually get to go to a game at Springfield at some point. Um, hopefully, it's not years away; it's months away. But um, yeah, it's great, superb. You know, it's great to have Ian on the show. And um, yeah, we'll be hopefully bringing a bit more of that because we'd like to do our uh, dissecting the games, having a bit of a laugh. We we will get Kyle back. You know, we do laugh and say hashtag bring back Kyle. Hashtag bring release Kyle. Uh, bring back Kyle I think a lot of people will probably not be crying for that but uh, <laughs> but we'll be getting Kyle back and we'll, and we'll be just dissecting the game as usual giving our own sort of little taste of it because uh, yeah it's great news the stream is back for Ash United this weekend but um, we don't know what the future lies ahead so if anything you'll be able to listen to it on Monty's mic but also hear our match of the day style punditry <laughs> I mean that's really sort of that's pushing it isn't it yeah, definitely. Uh, we're, we're nowhere near match of the day status. No, we don't even quite make quest, <laughs> which <laughs> which you and I have to sort of endure when we watch Swansea and Preston highlights all 30 seconds of it. But anyway, but no, Ian, it's absolutely superb to have Ian on. And um, yeah, hopefully the first of many interviews, which will weave in between uh, our usual dissecting of the game. So uh, yeah, if you don't do so already make sure you follow us on twitter we're on twitter just at the minute and we're hopefully going to expand it in the future but do follow us on twitter at uh what are we the the bull monty pod on yeah twitter. We're, we're, we're the bull monty pod um by the time you're listening to this you'll have hopefully already listened to episode four and seen the tweet that went out um i mentioned something along the lines of we're, we're now on google podcasts we're on amazon music um where <clears throat> we're on podbean which is where we where we upload our pods to and it, it just goes across all the, all the feeds automatically but i missed off um didn't see the notification that we've been approved on apple Mu- apple music too or apple Yay. podcasts so we're now on apple podcasts as well which hopefully it's not on at the moment at the time of time of speaking at the moment but it should automatically filter to a lot of other third-party podcast providers so i mentioned mentioned in one of the other episodes i use pod pocket cast for my podcasts so hopefully in the next hopefully within the next hour or so of finishing this outro that um yeah we should we should be on there as well fingers crossed lots looks forward to ian's fired us up the prospect of the fa vars in a few weeks time more fixtures coming out reese it's a good time to be a bulls fan isn't it definitely end of the season what we can hope for end of the season win the league promotion and then hopefully keep the momentum going and 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 hopefully have a decent fa cup run then as well yeah absolutely so much to look forward to but in the meantime tune in to the ash united game don't forget buy your stream 
because every single pound, every single penny will help go to the club. And he'll be watching, hopefully, another Bulls performance. I think it'll be 35 on the trot. Everything is crossed. We'll see you in episode six.